Thanks for listening to Pep Talk. If you're enjoying the podcast, there's one way you can really help us out, and that's by going to your podcast provider, whether that's the iTunes Store or Google Play or Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts from, and uh, rating the show. And if your podcast provider gives you the opportunity, also leaving a, a brief review, because that helps other people find Pep Talk and get plugged into all the great resources that we have here for you. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Pep Talk, the persuasive evangelism podcast. My name is Christy Mayer and today I'm joined by Andy Bannister. Well, hello. Good to be here as ever. Hello, Andy. (laughs) Sorry, I sounded a little shady when I was introducing you. You did. That sounded very (laughs) mysterious. Because today is a very special day. Is it? It is. Your birthday? No. <laughs> My birthday? <laughs> don't think so. Oh, yeah, let's go with that. You can buy me cake later. But um, no, today the tables are being turned on you, Andy Bannister. Yeah, and we are. get to know a little bit more about the man behind the behind the mask, behind the behind the face, behind the voice of this podcast. So you're basically saying we failed to get a real guest this week, so you're going to interview me. <laughs> I wouldn't put it quite like that. But um, we are looking forward to getting to know more about the man um, behind the apologetics. The man, the myth, the legend. Well, indeed, this is it. I mean, Andy, we know that you are. I mean, what you are? You're the C. Are you the CEO of Solas? Something like that. The man who carries the can. Okay. (laughs) General Dog's body. (laughs) Man of many, many, many kind of. um, What's the word? I'm not sure what the word is. Faces. Yes, there you go. Many faces. Well. Andy, we'd love to get to know more about you. I mean, yeah, so you're working at Solas. Mm-hmm. You have wonderful kind of experience in apologetics, evangelism, ministry, but how did you actually begin your journey? What did it look like for you? How did you get started in this? Yeah, so yeah. The, in this great journey. So, yeah, the interesting thing is, if you told the younger me that I would be doing a job like I'm doing now, evangelism and apologetics and sort of well, public ministry, I'd have thought you were mad because I was quite a sort of shy sort of teenager growing up grew up in a Christian kind of home came to, to came to faith in Christ really my teens and then got a few bits figured out in my 20s and uh, but then it eventually ended up doing youth work uh, for some churches uh, down in London and so uh, where everything changed was one day uh, a gentleman came to our church in London and did a seminar on Islam and you know what Muslims believe and how we can engage our Muslim friends and so on and so forth but in the course of that conversation he described how every Sunday afternoon he and a group of Christians were going to Speaker's Corner Hyde Park in London mm-hmm. and he was standing on a ladder and preaching to Muslims mm-hmm. and, uh, and then engaging with them afterwards and seeing a great response it sounded amazing he was one of the most charismatic speakers I've ever heard uh, and so I went up and talked to him after this uh, seminar and so he said to me, well, why don't you come to Speaker's Corner next week and, and see what we do? So the following Sunday afternoon, uh, I went up to Speaker's Corner and, uh, and met him at Marble Arch Tube Station, and he was carrying two ladders. And I said, <laughs> why have you got two ladders? Ominous. Two ste- <laughs> ominous. Two step ladders. He went, well, one is for me to preach on and one's for you to preach on. I said, I thought you should come and see what we do. <laughs> and he went, well, the best view is from a ladder. <laughs> Uh, and I said, I've never, I've, never, I've never preached on the street before. I've never done any preaching in public before. He went, oh, it's easy. I went, okay. Um, I, I, I said, I've never talked to Muslims before. Oh, they're easy. Well, both those statements were wrong, Christy, because I got on a ladder and the Muslims there were very well trained at heckling Christians and they tore mm. me to pieces. They threw all kinds of questions, all kinds of objections. Mm. Got down from the ladder thinking, 
maybe I need to become a Muslim because they seem to have everything. I have nothing. I couldn't give any reasons why the things I believe are true. Mm. Went home, uh, wrestling with this in my, in my head on the train on the way home. Lay awake that night, tossing and turning and wrestling with all of this. And about three in the morning, my long-suffering wife pokes me in the ribs and says, why are you tossing and turning, keeping us both awake? Told her my story. And her wise words were, why don't you read a book? Ideally in the morning, not at 3 a.m. <laughs> So the following morning, went to the local Christian bookstore, told them my story, and they said, well, you need apologetics. And I thought this sounded like a breakfast cereal. <laughs> and uh, apparently it's not. It's not some sort of hearty, nutritious morning breakfast product. Um, it? it's, no, exactly. <laughs> they explained it was the, you know, the whole sort of art and science of giving reasons why we believe. And they directed me to this sort of dark, spider-infested corner of the bookstore where no one had been for 10 years. And mm. I sort of fought through the cobwebs, and I came back with a little pile of books, and I read them, and I got answers to every question my Muslim friends had asked me and so I went back to Speaker's Corner the following week after reading for, for a week I went back confident and equipped and ready to go what could possibly go wrong mm-hmm. they had new questions oh. and I looked stupid Classic. all over again <laughs> I know eh and uh, so again I went home and I read and I read and you know for the next three months we repeated this exercise I would go to Speaker's Corner on the weekend stand on a ladder look stupid in public come home read <laughs> and then God, God did something through that he gave me a love of public proclamation of the, of the gospel mm. gave me a love of, of, of just wrestling with the difficult questions and that people have about the Christian faith it also gave me a love of Muslims mm. um, I, I disbelieve Islam and I have a huge issue with Islam um, but I love Muslims they're amazing people to engage with and it all started there that was the journey and lots of things have happened since then but really it was just being sort of encouraged to stand on a ladder even though I had no idea what I was doing and my big takeaway from that is look if God can use me in that way God can use any of us in that way because yeah, I knew nothing and uh, and here we are today yeah, I mean this is such an amazing story this is wonderful I mean you're saying that you knew nothing but how have you got to this position now where one of the things that I really love about you and your ministry is that you have such a great um you have such a great love of people but also you're such a great conversationalist so with any question that somebody asks you you're able to kind of weave it into a story and then you answer their question so succinctly and so powerfully i mean how do we how i mean mm. we're not all gifted in communication and being able to kind of do that how can we best learn from yeah. you in that kind of gift it's very kind of you. I guess I've, I've, I've learned from others. Um, I'm watching and learning from others. And, um, you know, one of the books that was a big influence on me, there's a wonderful book called Questioning Evangelism oh, by yeah, Randy Newman. Uh, that's a wonderful book, Questioning Evangelism, on just how to ask good questions and start conversations. And questions are the, are, are the, big, are the big key to it. And so one thing I think you can do is just practice to practice being good mm. at, uh, at conversations. We were talking just before the um, we started pre- hit, hit the record button, and I was saying I was at a big Christian event in London, and uh, afterwards myself and a couple of colleagues got in a, got grabbed an Uber to get back to the station to get the, the train where we were going. And I felt a bit guilty because the you know I always sort of think there should be opportunities for evangelism, right? You know, they're mm. 20 minutes in the car with a taxi driver, and I was so mm. tired. But I still thought, you know, I can still try and have a good conversation. So I just asked him lots, found out about his background, his story, his family, and everything. It was interesting when my colleagues afterwards said to me, he said, that was really interesting to watch. They said, you just, you found out so much about him. And I said, I just felt guilty I didn't share the gospel on that occasion. They said, but no, but it was really interesting that you didn't sit there in silence or playing on your phone. 
And so I would say to people, look, if you want to become better at conversations and better at talking naturally to people, just practice. If you're scared about sharing your faith, okay, start a couple of squares back. Next time you're on an aeroplane next to somebody, or on the train, or in a taxi, or at a bus queue, or, you know, mm. whatever, just think to yourself, what kind of questions might I ask to begin finding out about this person's life? And as you do that, pray inwardly, because mm. God might surprise you that actually you think you're just practicing your conversational skills, but actually they'll say something and you're like, oh, I can make connection here. Mm. So yeah, learn to ask good questions and, and just practice naturally. Mm. You know, it's funny you say that, something like that happened to me coming back from Cardiff. I was getting an Uber at four o'clock in the morning to get this 5 a.m. train, express train to um, Paddington station. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't really want to talk to anybody right now. I'm utterly exhausted. And I um, had this great conversation with, a ta- with the Uber driver uh, based around his view of kind of karma, um, people who'd recently died in his family and how to mm. best kind of make sense of suffering. He asked me what I did. I said, you know, I kind of teach philosophy part-time. He was like, do you want to know what my life philosophy is? I was like, go on then. And um, he just immediately started to share, well, what you give out, you get back. So oh, that's interesting. Why do you think that? And so this is just so so helpful in, yeah. in just starting everyday just starting conversations. conversations. Yeah, I had one um, again. We talked about this earlier. I, most recent example I had where where it went a bit further than was I was uh, on a little fishing trip. I live in Scotland, so you know we have all this beautiful landscape. And a friend and I were on a, were on a fishing trip in the lake, and we'd hired a fishing guide because we don't know what we're doing. So it's great. So you know. <laughs> try and kill ourselves and um you know so you're in this boat the two of us plus this fishing guide for you know about six hours actually and so we got chatting and and stuff and just general chit chat and through this he'd found out we were christians because he asked so what's different job Hmm. and so i the the answer i currently tend to use is i kind of say i'm a a sort of vicar Hmm. um because that gets people intrigued what do you mean a sort of vicar um and then he actually, then he led with a, a couple of apologetics questions. He interestingly asked, what do Christians think of hunting? Because there mm. we were on a lake with a fishing rod. Um, <laughs> but then once he'd asked me a couple of questions, I just then said to him, so so, what do you think about God and life and the universe and everything? Yeah. And he said, oh, I don't really believe in, 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 in God and religion and stuff. And then it was interesting. He paused and went, well, if I say that, he said, I definitely think death's not the end. I definitely mm. think there has to be something other than just this life. And that was great because I was simply able to go, well, what do you think it is and why do you think that? And and that just led very naturally to and say, I, I think you're right. And I think the reason I find Christianity so compelling is we're not just guessing about that. We have, if Jesus' claims stand up, mm. we have someone who has unique authority to tell us what that's like mm. rather than just us sort of fumble around in a scotch mist trying <laughs> to figure what's out there. But it literally started with a fishing rod, families and career and life and everything. And then, you know, 45 minutes later we were leading very naturally and so just conversations questions and prayer Hmm. so so helpful one of the other things that um you were involved well you were involved a little while ago is you wrote a book didn't you i did yes so the atheist who doesn't exist the atheist who didn't exist yes who didn't exist that's very important that book (laughs) red book it's a good book the red book absolutely don't read mail read my book (laughs) and because one of the things you do there is you so wonderfully weave in humor into these kind of different mm. as to how we can like answer questions well what what is it about humor that you think particularly engages people in these everyday conversations well the reason that book uses humor and if you haven't read the atheist and exist my question to you will be why not um <laughs> it really is the only book i think i know that tries to combine evangelism and, and, and humor and i guess the reason i did that christy was was, was twofold firstly i mean i say i was quite a nervous teenager growing up i had 
I was intrigued by kind of public speaking, and so I had experimented with doing some stand-up comedy. I used to, on Saturday afternoons, or mornings rather, go to uh, magic classes up in London. Really? And learned, I learned wow. con- conjuring and circus skills. The magic circle. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And, <laughs> uh, and stuff, and sort of fumbling around with that. And so, yeah, comedy's always intrigued me as a communication form, and I remember thinking, I wonder if I can use that in apologetics and evangelism. And around the same time, I was... I was uh, frustrated by the fact that books like Richard Dawkins, uh, you know, The God Delusion, other atheist books were, were coming out, making a huge impact. Christians had written good responses, but those responses were not being really widely read. And I think the reason being many of them were boring. Mm. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, how can we engage people to respond, to, to, to engage with the responses? And then I came across something C.S. Lewis, the, the famous you know, Christian writer, had once said, he was asked why he'd started writing narratives and stories like the Narnia books. And he'd said, look... He'd figured out that the front door to people's minds are often guarded by watchful dragons, and so we can't get our arguments past them because the dragon will kind of not let it go. Mm. He said, "But you know," he said, "I wondered whether it might be possible to tiptoe past the watchful dragons using story and narrative and come in through the side door." Mm. And I read that quote, thinking, "That's interesting. I, I can't. I couldn't write fiction. I'm not anything like that." But I, I, people tell me I'm funny. So I wonder if we could instead tickle the dragon under the nose, uh, under the chin, and while it's rolling on the ground laughing and waving its legs in the air, we can charge through the front door anyway. So that was why I used comedy. But the big takeaway as well I learned from that book, because I'm conscious that people listening to this, some people listening to this, you'll be, you know, very funny people, you know, and, mm. and maybe ask the Lord how you can use that gift for evangelism. But maybe you're listening to this and that's not you, you're not a particularly funny person, but there are other things that God's gifted you in. And I think my lesson from that book was how can we take what God's made us good at mm. that we might not think is evangelistic, but use it. So, like, if you're good at hospitality and catering, and you know, mm-hmm. why not be the person who invites all your neighbours for meals mm-hmm. and use a, and use your gift of hospitality? You know, maybe you're you're good at arts and crafts. How can you pray? How can you use that for mm-hmm. for evangelism? Uh, maybe you love reading. You know, go and join the local reading group. Mm-hmm. And when it's your turn to recommend a book for the book circle, I don't know. Recommend C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters or something interestingly Christian. In other words, what interests you? What are your passions? Mm-hmm. And then how can you bring that to the Lord and say, Lord? help me use that so it's not just some hobby but it's actually something that that we can use for evangelism because i i think it's wonderful all the gifts that the lord has equipped the church Mm. with and different people of shapes and sizes and interests and backgrounds Mm. and maybe there are some things we're neglecting i love that because that that just seems to say that we don't have to be a carbon copy of the of the andy banisters definitely not (laughs) or the randy newmans or or whomever that that God has made us with our unique gifts and our unique yeah. interests, and we can harness those to, to be more fully human and to bring others in. That's right. I mean, one of the things I was quite struck by was just before we started recording, was you said that you, you wouldn't really say that you're a confident person, like in, inside, which I, I just find staggering. Like, <laughs> we've worked together for quite a while now, and um, you have such a presence and a gravitas in the way in which you speak and commend the gospel. How have you gone from that? Here are the things that I'm passionate about, like humour and um, Islam and apologetics, and, and grow not only in your competence, but in your confidence in doing that. Yeah, you know, it's a common pattern, actually. You'd be surprised how many people in, in public ministry, I think, you know, give that outward impression of being very confident. And we can look at them and go, oh, I wish I was like so-and-so or so-and-so and so-and-so. But actually, on the inside, mm. you know, they're, uh, they're they're wetting themselves every time they stand up and speak. And I quite like that because it means for me, when I stand up and speak, I'm, you know, it does make you very conscious that you need God. Mm. Um, I think the biggest danger for, you know, evangelists and, and preachers and 
folks like us can be that you suddenly think you know what you're doing mm. um so no so definitely yeah whenever i get up and speak i often find myself sort of praying as i you know step up to speak to an audience of students or people in the pub or wherever i'm sort of praying lord why, why am i here can you send somebody else does anybody else send <laughs> yeah. them i will happily stand <laughs> on back and just do the dishes and the lord goes yeah i've sent you it gives me sort of kick up the backside um so yeah, so I think I would turn that into for folks listening to this. You know, if you're sitting at home listening to this, thinking, "Ah, oh, it's great for Andy," you know, you know, you're clearly a loud mouth. Christian, it's great for you. You're also, you know, very confident. You're a speaker and a writer, but you know, you don't know. I'm just a little old me. I don't have the ability to mm-hmm. do stuff. Okay, no, the Lord can really use you. In fact, in some ways, the the less your ability and the less your confidence, the more you have to rely on on God. Mm-hmm. And I actually think I would almost turn it around and say, I think is it is it maybe that it's easier to do great things for God if you're not confident I don't know I'm just I raise that more as a question than mm. a thought because you know hmm. great gifting can be helpful but it can also get in the way yeah. so yeah I think that I, I would get worried the day that I stand up to speak to an audience and I think ah yeah I can do this this is old hat you know mm. then I'm in danger hmm. and that's one I remember when I was um, in student ministry a little while ago and some of the the people with me were kind of encouraging us to say to the Lord, here I am, Lord, like, yep. use me. Um, and that's just been a constant refrain for me, that yeah. here I am, I'm weak, I'm fragile, I don't know everything, um, but I'm willing, I'm willing to be a vessel, I'm willing to learn, I'm yeah. willing to grow. And That's the key thing, right, willingness. Yeah. You know, one of my favourite sort of stories from, from, from ministry on that side of things was some years ago, uh, when back when I lived in Canada, we did we did a university mission at a, at a particular Canadian university, and there were about sort of thirty or forty Christian students working on that on that mission, and there was one particular uh, wee lass. I had to tell I've lived in Scotland for a while. Wee lass, young <laughs> uh, young woman, you know, quite quite small, quite petite, quite shy, mm. and uh, we've been encouraging the students to invite their friends to events, and some of them had, and some of them had, but she found the whole idea of doing it terrifying. You know, just almost reduced her to tears the thought of you know going and inviting my classmates to an event. Mm. Well, finally, on about the Thursday, it was a week-long mission, she plucked up the courage with lots of encouragement and lots of prayer and lots of people saying, go on, go for it, you can do it. She invited one of her friends and one of her classes to come to lunchtime talk, uh, which was on sexuality that day. Mm. Uh, so we had one of the local pastors from one of the local churches speaking on, does God care what I do in the bedroom? Mm-hmm. And her friend came, listened to the talk, asked a question in the Q&A, went up and talked to the speaker afterwards. It was there for two hours. Wow. At the end of that two hours the speaker was able to pray with her friend to receive Christ. <laughs> you should have seen that girl at the team prayer meeting the next day. I have never seen this transformation. She was like she was floating on air because she'd gone from being, I'm the most terrified mouse-like person ever, taking four days to have the courage to invite her friend and had seen God break through dramatically. Wow. And just that confidence boost in going, the Lord actually used me. <laughs> he just used me to see somebody come to Christ. <laughs> I just love that story. Oh man, what a great story. And I think that's something that I think encourages me and hopefully our listeners too, that as we do these kind of um, podcasts, as we talk to different people, that this is this is everyday life. Like we don't we don't we're not all the professional apologists or evangelists. We are we're all evangelists in that God calls us all to to make Christ known wherever we are, but we don't need to have written, you know, five books on a topic. We can we are just like that girl. Who, who's able to invite her friends in boldness and, and confidence and trust that God will that God will speak. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think um, 
I think the vision for the podcast and hopefully you know to you those of you listening at home or in the car or whatever you want to kind of track with us I, I guess my goal is to do a couple of things I want to I want to suddenly bring people onto the show who've written books that we can learn from but distill it right down right. you know don't just give us the big picture of the book distill it right down give us some nuggets that we can use at work at home at school um, but also in time we're also wanting to bring some guests who are you know haven't published books who don't have great platforms you know perhaps somebody who's run an alpha course at work perhaps a university student who's helped a mission up just like you know there are no C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis famously put it that there are no ordinary people yeah. but when I say ordinary people you know what I what I mean uh, and so we don't just pack the podcast uh, with famous Christian celebrities uh, but we also have people from whom we can all learn something because that's my goal that uh, through, mm-hmm. the, through the pep talk podcast uh, you and I mm-hmm. learn something and those listening go away going and hey, you know what that's equipped me and empowered me and encouraged me uh, to share my faith at work at school at home Brilliant. Well, Andy, it's been a pleasure um, having you on the other side of the table this week. Thank you for sharing your experiences. And we really look forward to joining you next time on Pep Talk. Thank you for joining us. Bye for for now. Thanks for joining us. And I look forward to being back on the regular side of the microphone (laughs) next time. so well. (laughs) 